Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 to 8, and Genesis 19, verses 1 to 3. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terabith trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, and bowed himself to the ground, and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread, that you may refresh your hearts. After that you may pass by, inasmuch as you have come to your servant. They said, Do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf which had been prepared, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Hear now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night, and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, so they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Our message this morning, we continue our look at angels, and angels are among us, as we see in our scripture. Often we hear people talking about angels, and we get this vision of these winged creatures flying around in the heavens, watching over us or doing whatever it is that they do. And while that is a accurate depiction of some angels, as we saw with the um, seraphim last week, or two weeks ago, but we don't always envision angels as looking like people. However, in both of our instances of uh, Scripture this morning, the angels appear in human form to deliver a message. The angels appear to Abraham, and when Abraham sees them, he says to them, wash your feet, and he brings them some water so they can clean up. So these angels look like people. The angels must have also looked tired and they must have looked hungry from their journey because Abraham invites them to rest for a little while under one of the trees there while he has a meal prepared for them. And it just wasn't, you know, a quick little meal meal of uh, some, some bread and water or some snacks or whatever. He goes out and he has a feast for them, butter, milk, and a calf. And as I said before, food preparation in those days was not easy. You just didn't open up a box of something, add water, and put it in a microwave, and you were good to go. 
he literally went out, picked out a calf, had it slaughtered, had it cut up, and then cooked. So it was quite a process. But the point is, apparently these angels were able to eat. They were able to drink. They got dirty, just like humans would walking in the desert. And then it's also also obvious later on that Abraham and, and Sarah as well are talking to these angels in their normal language. They're not speaking some type of special language. They're talking in a normal language to these angels. So these angels, the point is, these angels are pretty much like normal humans, like normal people, like us. And in fact, they look and act just like humans. That's what Abraham thinks they are. We, of course, know that two of these angels, or two of these people were, were angels, or two of these beings were angels, and one was actually the Lord himself. But after the angels are, are finished talking to Abraham and Sarah, they went out to, went over to Sodom, and they met up with Lot. And they went to Sodom to announce the judgment upon the city but also to save Lot and his family from the destruction that was coming. And we're familiar with the story. I didn't read all of it. I just read a couple of portions of it. But the angels meet up with Lot at the city gates. Lot sees them and he invites them to his house, again, to rest for some more food. That's typical hospitality of the Jewish customs. But somehow the town gets word about these visitors and they head over to Lot's house, as we know the story, to check them out, see who they are, but also to essentially rape them, as we would say today. That was the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. So they're at Lot's house looking for these wonderful beings, these angels, and they're banging on Lot's door. Lot comes out, apparently he must have been a relatively well-known and maybe respected member of the community. Lot goes out and tries to calm down the crowd. He tries to get them to disperse, tries to get them to leave his visitors alone. He does everything he can think of. He tries to get them to, to, to just forget about the situation. And in fact, Lot being the nice guy that he was, He tells the the crowd that he can actually have his daughters instead. Look, leave these guys alone, but here, take my daughters. The crowd refuses. They don't want the daughters. They want these men. And presses in on Lot. Now they're mad at Lot. Presumably they're going to beat him up and probably rape him as well now. But the angels who were in the house opened the door, grabbed Lot, pulled him inside, shut the door. And I envisioned this happening in like one of those split-second type of moments. The angels were moving like at the speed of light. You know, sometimes you see those movies where, you know, they, they, they make people move really fast, superhuman abilities. That's how I envisioned this happening. The door just flies open. They grab Lot, pull him in, the door closed, and everyone's looking around like, what? What happened? 
because nobody realized Lot was gone. And But they didn't say, oh, well, this is weird, I'm out of here. That's not what the people did. As we know the story, they continue to bang on the door. They want to ask these people. They want to ask these mysterious guests of Lot. The angels realize that these people aren't going to give up. So the angels strike the crowd with blindness. But that doesn't stop them either. Here's these people, these deranged people. They're blinded. And they're still trying to get at these two angelic beings. That's depravity. The scripture says they wearied themselves trying to find the doorway. They were blind. They couldn't see a thing. And they're still trying to get into this house. These people would not give up. They tired themselves up. They used all their energy trying to get at these visitors simply to satisfy their own desires. That is what sin, that is what unrepentant sin does to you. You have this lust, you have this desire, and you can think of nothing else. They didn't care they were blind. They wanted at these beings. That is what this city was like, Sodom and Gomorrah. And that is why the angels were there. They were there to announce judgment upon this city and to get Lot out of there. Inside the house, the angels continue their conversation with Lot and they tell Lot, what's going to happen. And they say, get out of the city. Take your family with you. The next day, they get up, Lot and his family, it's a typical day, they're just kind of lounging around. The angels say, you have to get moving. You have to get moving now. This city is going to be destroyed and you have to get out. But Lot was not in any rush. They were still just kind of hanging out. The angels knew their task. They knew what God had told them to do. So the angels were there to not only announce judgment upon the city, but they were there to protect Lot. So the angels literally grabbed Lot and his wife and their two daughters and drugged them from the city out into the outskirts where they were safe, or at least where they could have been safe. Of course, we know as the story continues, Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. But we also know that the evil influences of Sodom and Gomorrah did not stop there. Because later on, Lot's wife, or Lot's, uh, Lot's wife, of course, is dead. But Lot's two daughters decide that they want to continue the family, family line by having children that are fathered by their father. So the corruption of growing up in that city wore off on his children. 
But our point today is looking at the angels. And here we see the power of angels. We see that they can appear and they can act like normal human beings. But they are not humans. They just look like it. People do not turn into angels. Angels have this supernatural power that's given to them from God to do certain things, to carry out certain tasks as needed. Lot, I don't think, realized at first, for sure, realized they were angelic beings, and he thought he needed to protect these people. Lot was a righteous man. You may not be able to to glean that from from the story here in Genesis, but as we read in, uh, I believe, 1 Peter in, in the New Testament, we read the scripture says Lot was a righteous man. So we know that he was righteous indeed. But Lot thought he was doing something good by protecting these, these visitors, by offering his daughter to the townspeople to satisfy their lusts and their desires. But in reality, these angels were protecting Lot and his family. See, angels have the power not only to protect us, but to protect themselves as well. That doesn't let us off the hook, though. We are to treat all people with hospitality, as we see here with Abraham in our first reading, treated the angels, and also Lot was treating the angels. He treated them with hospitality. And we're to treat all people like that. Because we never know when one of them may actually be an angel sent from God to help us. And God does use angels today as well to protect us, to help us. We may not realize it, but angels are indeed among us. We can, use, we can see that God uses them to, to protect people, to rescue people, and to help us carry out His will. It shows mercy to whom he shows mercy to. But as we also read in our scripture, he also uses angels to punish the wicked. Now we must keep in mind, while there are angels out there and God uses them, we must remember, and even from scripture, that direct contact with an angel is an extremely rare occurrence, at least with a known angel. It's not something that occurs frequently, even through Scripture, as we read it only a few times as it happens. And we should never try to initiate any type of contact or summons them, you know, as maybe you see on TV or something like that. In fact, if you read about the biblical accounts, of people with angels, what does the angel usually start off by saying? They usually say, fear not, or do not be afraid. So I suppose that if we were to come into contact with an angel and realize that it was indeed an angel, maybe they have a a scary look about them. I don't know. Maybe they, uh, maybe it's not so much a scariness, but just an awesome, frightening presence about them. 
But we must, again, as I've said before, as believing Christians, believe in the existence of angels and believe in their presence and their possible intervention in our life. Angels can appear as normal humans, as I said, and as we saw with with Abraham and Lot's encounters. And we may not even realize it. I have read several um, possible angelic encounters, let me say. I can't say for sure if that was an angel or not. The person that encountered them believed it was. Only God knows for sure. But I do know the things that have happened in my life. And you know the things that have happened in your life. And I know I have seen God's hand at work in my life. And if you think back to some of the situations that you've gone through in your life where you needed help, maybe you were in a time of critical danger or, you know, a near car wreck. We've always experienced those, you know, I'm sure all of us, especially in winter around here. Or some other disaster where it's like, boy, you know, how did I, how did I get through that? How did, you know, I think of times when I swerved around something. How did I react so fast? How did my arms go like this to turn a steering wheel around that deer or whatever it was? How is that possible? Because I can't do stuff like that. I'm not that quick. I'm not that fast. So no doubt there were things that happened to you in your life that you can't explain. Or maybe there were certain people that appeared in your life. And I don't mean just, boom, appeared out of thin air, but just showed up at at the right time to give you something you needed or or to help you through something and and you know what? You didn't know who they were and you never saw them again after that. Did God send angels to protect you? I don't know. But let's not make any mistake about it. God still uses angels today for His purposes. And that should encourage us and that should strengthen us in knowing that we are not alone that angels are out there watching over us and they're serving God so that we may serve God as well. And we should always be grateful for the mercy and the love that God showers us with and the fact that maybe He even uses angels in our lives to protect us. That we can take comfort in knowing. Let's close with a prayer this morning. Lord, we thank You for creating these angelic beings to watch over us and to act as Your mighty servants. We're also open to Your intervention in our life. And we pray that You will keep us in tune with Your will so that we may serve You this week. We pray that when the time is right and when needed, that You will Use your angels and keep them close to us to strengthen us, to protect us, to guide us so that we may serve you more faithfully and fruitfully. We ask this through your Son's precious name. Amen.